third in court, uh, you know, we got the tagline, small town pride apparel. Um, really, I think it's just a reason for our community to engage. Like, uh, you know, we connect to other people that live here through it and uh, people that have left the area and, you know, still uh, check up on, on Portsmouth or are from Portsmouth. Um, it's just a, a cool gathering, like mixed mash of like all kinds of different people. So. Happy Oktoberfest, Portsmouth Nation. This is the Glock and Doc Audio Encounter. Today, as always, we are joined by the lovely Miss Sadie. Sadie, how are you? Great. I love when you open the show, Dale. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. Uh, and additionally, we have some special homies here with us, near and dear to our hearts, the... Uh, this is the uh, Four Horsemen episode edition of Third and Court. We have uh, Mosa. Sup. <laughs> and we will have a translator here for you guys <laughs> <laughs> this episode as well. And we are joined by Portsmouth's tallest and most creative person. Well, that's a, I guess that would be a tie, you and your brother. Yeah, that's fair. I'm actually two inches taller. So. Oh, well, then no, it's not a tie. Connor! So let's go. Sherman. <laughs> What's up, y'all? So, uh, around the same time that the podcast started, like we... Days. Right, yeah. We started Third and Court. So, what we wanted to do was kind of check in with you guys and provide you lessons learned... Uh, the backstory of Third and Court, and the real the real mission here with today's episode is we always want to try to give um, real value, uh, cutting edge information, and there's nothing more relevant, more timely than um, the lessons we've learned in the three to four months that we've been open. Uh, because if we can save you guys some time uh, and help you either start your business or help you with your new business in Portsmouth or any other small town that you're at. Um, that's kind of the real goal here. So this is like a real life case study, if you will, right. of small business in a small town, and um, that's where we're at. Yeah. So it was really. Ja. 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 So. Un Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we deal with on a daily basis. We have a company, and it involves Dale King and his multiple accents. Just day Steinhotting Challenge. Yeah, I've been practicing. Good, good job. So what I was going Anyways, to say... Anyways, Mo, back to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> so it's really interesting that as we're starting this podcast, we're also starting... Um, the small business, Third and Court, the t-shirt company down here on the corner of Third and Court at the gym, just so you know. Layers. And, yeah. All the layers. And um, 
other than Dale, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, I had never started a small business, never thought I would start a small business. I mean, other than, you know, coaching and getting my LLC for that. So working on the podcast, talking with Tim and Joe and all the different um, guests that we've had on, on... Oh, quick update on Tim. He's um, at a Dooney and Burke coach purse outlet shopping spree today uh i think he's gonna go hit up longenberger basket as well um so hopefully he will you can't make fun of longenberger when i'm from zanesville and both of my parents worked there but that's have like an actual huge ass basket like sitting out yeah empty it's just empty now there's nothing so anyway that was depressing yeah that's that's newark ohio ohio So, it's just been really awesome to be able to learn from business owners as we're building our business. And I don't know about you guys, if you listen to the podcast or not, but um, it's been really valuable and, like, awesome to take these lessons from these guys while listening to them record to bringing them to the table at our meetings and actually, we're at our table this morning where we have our meetings, and we thought, you know, this would be a good opportunity to kick the microphone on and and just talk a little bit about what our roles are at the company and some of the ups and downs that we've gone through since, when did we open? July? June. Oh, yes, the first weekend of June. I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm. Connor, how about you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a fun ride. Uh, great way to kick off the summer and just start something new. It's, yeah, it's exciting. So, in your opinion, Connor, what is Third and Court? Third and Court, uh, you know, we got the tagline "Small Town Pride Apparel." Um, really, I think it's just a reason for our community to engage. Like, uh, you know we connect to other people that live here through it and uh, people that have left the area and, you know, still uh, check up on, on Portsmouth or are from Portsmouth. Um, it's just a, a cool gathering, like mixed mash of like all kinds of different people. So. Awesome. And how, how did this whole show get started now? Well, um, we were sitting around the table and pretty sure Del King, uh, you decided to, Hey, let's just, uh, open uh let's why don't why can't we just come up with some some shirts and sell to people you know just like some crazy idea like you always do and just happened that Sadie and I were uh sitting around like yeah we like the idea <laughs> we're just we, uh, uh yeah <laughs> oh, why not okay. let's do this Yay. right why not so when we needed a uh a brains we need a designer well we know one you know right let's here talk let's talk to Connor and then next thing we knew we're sitting down and we were uh, talking about our first design and uh, and how we could tell the story of Portsmouth and how we could have people, uh, you know, relive their dreams and, and their stories and their memories. And that's exactly what we have accomplished, I feel like. Yeah, so I'd been a fan of some <coughs> Columbus brands. Um, and me personally, I have uh, my entire freaking closet is full of T-shirts either from doc spartan or the gym so i very rarely actually purchase another t-shirt unless it's like something really really cool Mm -hmm. uh and to me um it was all emotional connections to an old sports team 
or a, an old like vintage kind of old school thing and so i was like there's no reason that people people love portsmouth you know no matter what no matter what they say yeah contrasting to what you hear people people love portsmouth and um they're very proud of their hometown and they were proud of um they like to look back on nostalgic memories and i had floated the idea to connor before and just kind of in passing and he was just like he was the first guy to be like dude i really think that could uh that could work if you're serious about it um let me know and then that kind of transformed into uh the x-men here yeah so what i remember is it's like a friday maybe maybe a friday i'm thinking it was because the drinks were flowing the ideas were flowing it was after a nooner and dale walks in the front office and he's like hey does anybody remember spuds and it was literally like from that point that would be cool on a t-shirt and then that was in our first designs of t-shirts and then it was like everything was spuds we did the gym was sponsored by Spuds at one point. <laughs> yeah, we actually tried to see if the sign was still available. We were yeah. going to tactically procure it. Yeah, so we became obsessed with the idea of it. And then Connor, of course, like did a killer design. And then it was like before we knew it, it was up online and we were taking pre-orders. And it just I feel like it just happened so fast. Mm-hmm. It did. It did. and it was. But that's how you have to do it. And that's one of the lessons like... On the podcast that we've had, like, if you have an idea for a business, do it. Like, what's the worst that could happen, you know? Um, and I feel like that, that is exactly what we did. It was kind of funny. Since we started that, There, there's been two different people that are, came, have approached me and were like, dude, you that t-shirt company idea? I've thought about that for months. Yeah. Don't be that guy. <laughs> I've, thought, I've thought about that for months. I thought that would be such a good idea. And, uh, you know, it, it pays to be, I, I, everybody's got ideas, but people who can execute on them are what, you know, make the, make the difference. So we're, we are sitting here at the table for the four of us. Um, those early days was before we even sold anything what was the first thing that we did. Well, I think we came up with a name, even though it was pretty quick, it was like, third and court and it was like oh that should be the name of our t-shirt company because here we are like literally sitting on the corner of third and court mm-hmm. and it just kind of sounds really cool and yeah remember we came up with the name and just the conversations that we had so if we can if we could look at this from a checklist of starting a business <laughs> what 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 were some of the first things that we did well i mean we definitely talked about our roles um you know in a company so um, I think it's important to cover the bases. I mean, everybody has to have, first of all, figure out what are you good at, what are you not good at, uh, you know, and then go from there. And I, I think we did a really good job. I think we've learned to work really well together and, um, you know, and respect each other's space. And, you know, he's good at that, let well, him roll yeah, with it. And it's, so it's good for people to say out loud what they're not good at Mm -hmm. because people want to believe that they're good at everything or that they're good at though they can learn it or they'll just do it and a lot of times people get that mentality of 
I'll just do it. Well, if you're not happy and you know you're not good at that, then you need to say those things to the people you're in business with. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's the thing about just doing something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> PSKC or, like, any... Uh, thing that exists on third court right now because of you guys like the difference between uh this and like you're saying the guy don't be that guy the guy that like has the idea and doesn't do it like to create anything and like multiple people will tell you this that are like any in any kind of creative field is like to create anything you have to be in a state of play or you like Mm. can't make anything like Uh, so you gotta like feel it. You gotta be excited about it. You or, or like uh, it just falls flat on its face, or it looks like you're you're just trying to make money, or like, you know what I mean. It doesn't come across as genuine unless you actually care about it and yeah. uh, are excited about it. And mm-hmm. that's where all the new like the innovation comes from. You know, it doesn't come from like I'm just I guess I'm just gonna do this thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I have found no new ways to wash the dishes because like. I, <laughs> Like, if I didn't care about getting orders out or if I didn't care about getting orders right to yeah. send them out, you know, then there would probably be a lot more mess-ups. Right. But that's my department. You know, that's what I wanted to do. And Or if you didn't care about the things going out. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? right. yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I take pride in your designs and our T-shirts that, like, once they come to fruition and making sure that the customer gets them. Um, that's a that's timely. a that's a great point, Connor. I mean, you have to you have to enable and create an environment that encourages outside the box thinking and and creativity. Yeah, and look look how many other people care about it as well because you know we care about mm-hmm. it, like yeah. we're with the gym or Doc Spartan or anything that you know it's not just a product. There's a there's like a lifestyle around. Yeah, it. there's a soul mm-hmm. built into yeah, it. It's yeah, sure. a very tangible feeling that you can that you can feel when you're part of that product. It's awesome. Um, so any business is going to require certain things. You're going to need, you're going to need somebody to kind of lead the ship. You're going to need, um, somebody to handle day-to-day operations. You're going to need somebody, depending on the business field that you're in, you're going to need somebody in our case, obviously to, to be the head of creativity, um, head of design. Um, you're going to need somebody to run finances. You're going to need somebody to run sales. No matter your business or your industry, like if it's the gym, if it's selling cars, like those are all tasks and positions that need to be created. Um, so what they what we did is basically all four of us put wrote it down on a board what we're good at, what we're not good at, and then we looked at okay, well that skill set fits head of finances. So you're going to be in charge of running spreadsheets, running numbers, running sales tax reports, running all the absolute shit that I just cringe at even right. thinking about. Um, but it needs to be done. And some people are very detail-driven, very organized. Um, and for a lot of sole proprietors out there, you're doing all of that yourself. Yeah. Um, which is good and which is bad because you get to learn a little bit about it. Um, but in the case of our, like, yeah, there's four of us. There's we have four equal partners, and um, we, you know, we can all kind of share that workload and more importantly, like, handle the duties that we want to do. Yeah, and work. more importantly, not handle the ones that we don't want to do. Right. 
so that was that was one of the very first things that came up with the name. Uh, we all sat down, contacted uh, contacted our lawyer, and uh, wrote up an operating agreement, and then then went from there. Yeah. So what do you guys think? So after we got this thing going, we were all pumped up about spuds. You know, so anybody's they've got they've got their idea, they've got their business, they're ready to execute. Well, we, we pulled the trigger. Right, right, right. But <laughs> how did we pull the trigger and how did the word get out? Because I think that's going to be of a, a lot of value to a lot of people. Like, okay, well, I make the best widget in the world, yeah. but no one knows that I'm even in business, so what do I do? Well, we went straight to social media and put it out there for everyone and... We went on to, oh, you went on to Instagram and looked for everybody that hashtag Portsmouth. And from our third in court, we just started liking their pages mm-hmm. and letting them know, like, hey, we're third in court, we're from Portsmouth too. And it drew attention to our Instagram, it drew attention to our Facebook. We put it out there, we were taking pre orders, got our website up, like, immediately, and, like, got the ball rolling, essentially, but through social media. Yeah. But how through social media? Because everybody says that as, yeah. like, use social media, use social media. Content. Exactly. Content. I mean, that's the, that's one thing that I learned with, with this company is content. You have to put, you have to be out there uh, with, you know, in people's faces about, you know, what third court is all about, whether, you know, whether it's just a picture of our shirt, somebody wearing a shirt, or, you know, our work throughout the day, what goes behind the scenes. People just need, because I think, I think, too, like, you get to they it becomes more of a personal relationship that those people have you know with our company but yeah. essentially it's just well i want to support those guys look at them and they're you know there's um, there's the kicker right there yeah. about like content that engages with yeah, the people that yeah, you're, I, that you're uh, you know sharing that with so like what's spud specifically uh you know, we've, we've heard, like, a lot of people coming up to us with lots of stories about, you know, like, how they used to go into spuds and, uh, you know, like, <laughs> crusty worms on things and all just kind of <laughs> crazy, like, details that they wanted to share with us. Like, you could tell they've been waiting yes. to, like... Yes. Uh, and that's because it, it's, like, a relational thing. Not only are we local and people can come down here and visit, or there's already been a community, like, build up of people here, uh... But yeah, that content specifically relates to them. It it tells the story. It's it's yeah. not fictional. Yeah, uh, and, and and I think it it, it allows it gives uh, the the you know people the freedom to to actually tell their stories and their yeah. memories, and and For then sure. you create even a more personal you know to a personal level with them. Um, I can't. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have people who come pick up our st- shirts. You know, on our store just. Tell a story. Hey, Dreamland was you know the place back in the day yeah, in the summer, yeah. and um, so and that's just that's just really cool. So in those early on designs, the, one of the first things we ever did is we just found an old picture of Spud sign. We used that as content, pushed that out when we had like zero to fifty people that liked our page on Facebook. Push that out, and then we asked the customer to engage. Hey, what was your favorite Spud story? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Spuds? Do you, would you like to see this on a t-shirt and then you know please share with others if you like this so it was just like what you guys were saying we had quality content yeah and then we push it out there to everybody on social media to, to ask for their help to engage yeah, yeah. in that 
Um, some other things that we did is there's we found a page um, that has 10,000 people on it called uh, You Know You're From Portsmouth If, which is basically just dedicated to old school Portsmouth memories. And um, we, would, we would post some stuff on there to get people's... To get to see if there was a market before we even had one shirt to sell. Yeah. Um, so find something of value, post that content, and, and ask you know see if it's out there. That's a really good way before you even sell one thing to know if there's a market for it. Is uh, is publish daily routine content out there? Yeah. And, uh, and feedback. Get, and ask for people's feedback. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you don't. Uh, uh, another big point with us, I guess, specifically is like we didn't try uh, to be everything to everyone. You know what I mean? We we live in a small town. This is what we know, uh, and you know we hit that market. We didn't go to like if you're from Canton, if that page doesn't care about us, you know, at, right. at least at this point. So, right. uh, you know, you gotta identify like who you can engage with first, and who you're generally like genuinely can have like. Mm-hmm converse with you know so you can so we basically we identified our market because we had discussions like oh well we can sell to every we're a small town apparel brand we can sell to every small town in ohio well i mean maybe we can eventually but we got you got to start with a very niche of a niche of a niche of a niche micro market yeah that you know very very well in this case like was born in 81 and born and grew up here and so I got to you know grew up with all those memories of you know wearing my high school jacket into spuds and was able to buy a six pack <laughs> when I was you know 16 years old um and seeing like the old school Portsmouth mural and you know having all that stuff and then asking um like asking people on social media for their for their feedback too but instead of trying to sell a hundred shirts to 10 different towns you know we're trying to sell 100 shirts to one town yeah. and one market that we know we know very well so provide content know your market and then apply directly uh, to that market so what are some other things that we did early on that that were pretty successful um i think for uh developing i don't necessarily a schedule but kind of be ahead of the game you know, for the near future. So always looking to new ideas and new, um, you know, what would, what's the next design? What's the next shirt? When can we launch that? Um, you know, kind of kind of stay ahead of the game so we're able to, to I guess, yeah, stay on the schedule, but also develop content. Okay, how are we going to... How are we going to promote that? How are we going to tell the story on that specific, you know, design? And and um, so then that way you're always you always thinking. You're always. Um, I do I do feel like that was something that we had to learn. You know, like we came into that and we were like, here's our two ideas. Boom, here's two ideas, and then we kind of like got wrapped up in those ideas. So. Over time, we've had to like we've had some like to learn and grow and find out. Okay, if we want to be successful, we need to have these mm-hmm. plans. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want. It's always good to let people know. Like it's okay to not think of everything right out of the gate. You know, you're going to have some growing pains, and I think like just because I'm such a you know how I am, I'm such a, like a 
planner. Planner, yeah. That <laughs> I'm. I was like, you guys, we need to have a plan. And then one, now that we have a, we we put one in play, and it's great. But um, I definitely think that was something that we learned and helped has helped us grow, especially on social media with yeah. the content because we're able to think ahead a little bit. We know like the next month out what what we're going to be doing, and that. I mean, Connor, you can not to speak for you, but I think that helps you out too, knowing where we're coming from, like with ideas and for you to get in that playful state and yeah, create. Yeah, for sure. Got to take care of all the, <coughs> I guess, all the in-house work too. But mm-hmm. uh, it's got to happen to uh, give yourself that that time to play for sure. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, as far as uh, like things that we did early on, my favorite, like bar none, is is Dreamland and like all the the things that that occurred with that. I mean, getting to talk with Sam Quinones and uh, I don't know, really uh, engage the things that happened there and like to hear all the stories of people that were not only like lifeguards. We had a lady uh, linked to our post that that was like a lifeguard there, and she mm-hmm. showed her hat and all yeah. the yeah. all yeah. the cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, for, tell the if they don't know who Sam is, Sam Quinones. Go ahead and tell them who they are, who he is. So Sam, uh, he, well, he's a, um, was like a freelance journalist, um, spent like 15 years in Mexico, and uh, he, he currently resides in L.A. So um, his relevance to Portsmouth is that uh, he, he came here a few years ago uh, in relation to his book, and, and he was basically like following the drug trade from uh, Mexico clear to Portsmouth, like, uh, as far as, um, you know, like, when the pill mills and things like that were real big, uh, this area and South Shore, um, you know, kind of, like, led the nation in, like, the number of pill mills per capita, and so, like, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, that all sounds pretty negative, I guess, because it was, but, like, uh, what he's done with the book is given Portsmouth, like, a platform to kind of reflect on the history and like the things that occurred here and uh, give people a reason to talk about it and see like how I guess we prevent this kind of like environment in the future and like uh, when he saw when he saw that we were relating to Dreamland or bringing up Dreamland again he personally called uh, called us and uh, wanted to have a conversation about it like he said when he came to Portsmouth a couple of years ago uh, you know he just couldn't help have but have like this negative feeling about it. He's mm-hmm. like, man, this place is, has really turned down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he saw what third and court was doing and like this entrepreneurial effort coming out of, uh, a place like Portsmouth, he was basically like, man, this is what I've been waiting for. Like he's, he's like, I've been waiting, uh, for a group of people to, to do something that like, uh, you know, to like help the economy rise, help the people rise, and, and come out of like this fog of like drug abuse and. Um, and so I, he named his book Dreamland. Yeah, right? yeah, he did. So that's what kind of triggered his interest was the fact that we made a Dreamland T-shirt. Yeah, and, yeah. and Dreamland was named after the long-term city pool um, here in Portsmouth that closed down in the '80s or '90s, I believe. Yeah, and and so the. Dreamland Pool, Dreamland Book, but it was basically referring to a time in Portsmouth pre um, when things were booming, uh, mm-hmm. pre drug abuse, pre pre pill mills. So that's where the whole connection comes into. Then we launch a Dreamland Lifeguard T-shirt, yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, specifically to for people to talk about their um, 
the good times they had at the pool and yeah. as being a lifeguard, as being there during the spending their summers there. And I guess the the irony that I found it in at least or what I really enjoyed was like when Sam opens his book, it's this beautiful picture of like what Dreamland was like in this very utopian picture of Portsmouth, you know? And so uh that left like uh Portsmouth or I mean Dreamland pool was was raised it doesn't exist anymore and uh basically like um when third and court came in and i guess he saw this picture and, and like identified this that like now we're a reason for the community to get together or like can be a growing reason for people to just walk out the door you know what i mean mm-hmm. um because uh just you know like relating with us or even something as simple as coming to buy a t-shirt like the, the tragedy that occurred when, like, Dreamland didn't exist anymore, when it was, uh, you know, like, overtaken by this negative influence, is people don't have a, as much of a reason to just engage with other people anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. can't go sit by the pool, like, yeah, you know. Right. And so uh, that that's devastating to your community and from person to person, you know. It's not just a... Uh, yeah, so, like, uh, when he saw what Third in Court was doing, he's like, man, here's here's a reason for the community to get to get together, mm-hmm. you know, um, relate with one another. And he's all the way out in L.A. He's an author, um, you know, took our took our store our story. You sat on the phone with him for like forty five minutes. But I guess what I'm getting back to is that this all came down to content, mm-hmm. and that you found a postcard. Right or a picture? Yeah. Well, I had read Sam's book. Yeah. And, and I was looking. It was Portsmouth Library. Like, sub, uh, had that postcard on yeah. the file, and mm-hmm. we posted it yep. with an overlay of what our T-shirt design was going to be. Yeah. And he saw it, and you know that you never know. Like the more creative and the more things that you post, that the people that it's going to engage with and like like I said he called and we talked to him on the phone Connor talked to him on the phone yeah the the local paper actually set that all up I yeah think. yeah yeah the Portsmouth Daily Times um saw through Facebook uh reached out to Sam 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 then called into us turned into a very long interview and it, um it turned in he wrote a blog post mm-hmm. on his website that's wow. still being circulated around mm-hmm. um and hyperlinked to our store mm-hmm. and you know we still see traffic from that blog post directly to our store so that's you know that's a key example of you know from a from a tactical standpoint um there's really the amount of money to spend on that kind of advertising would be you know would be pretty high especially for a startup yeah um and you know by providing that one piece of content that someone watched, someone got a hold of, made that connection to Sam. Um, you know, turned out turned to be pretty uh, pretty lucrative for us in the end. Now it wasn't wasn't planned that way, and that you know, none of these the things that some things that we think will pop fizzle out, yeah. and some things mm-hmm. that we have no idea that yeah yeah just turn in. Know. But the only answer we'll know for sure is if we don't post anything. We don't post content. We're going to get zero engagement. Yeah. Yeah. So I think another thing that we did right out of the gate that I think has been very good for us as a company was establish our, like, our threshold for, like, because you talked about, like, spending money and things like that and, like, paying paying yourself for 
spending money on ads, like we we came up with a number to keep in the bank for like an operating cost. And I think that that's been like super helpful to us and we said you know we're not going to pay ourselves and I think a lot of people are like I'm going to start my own business because I want to be rich and I want to pay myself and make all this money and I think that was another good thing that we did right out of the gate. So how do we get our capital to start the company? Because that's a big question. A lot of people they have the best ideas they want to do it but then they you know get a rough estimate on oh I'm going to need five thousand fifty thousand dollars to start this and that's a big sticker shock to a lot of people before they can even go into the market um so what do we do well how, how much how much are we investing in this company right out of the gate nine <laughs> zero dollars <laughs> zero, zero. We so, got our, yeah go ahead we, uh, so we we that's what the idea about pre-orders um so you guys actually helped us out <laughs> we didn't start uh, the company you, you did so yeah, we came up with the idea and you know and uh we're like okay how about you know we start those pre-orders that way we have the cap up front um, and then we'll go from there, and that's exactly what we did based on what, um, how much, uh, how many T-shirts uh, we pre-ordered. We came up with an estimate. We came up with a, a rough number of, you know, sizes, different sizes, uh, and we make we made that first order. And I mean, gosh, they had the rest is history. I mean, it's the soul keep just keep selling. So, uh, but yeah, it was just all in a pre-order. On a pre-order on a weekend. <laughs> so we use social media and we use we front-loaded for a couple weeks content, try to generate buzz, getting it going, gain followers on social media, and then when we were ready to have our first tangible item to sell, we had it for pre-order. We basically crowdfunded it. Um, we had our items for pre-order to sell, and if we knew roughly what the cost of the shirt would be. And that would determine the retail price in order for us to, to fund that and keep the bull rolling. So especially um, in today's world, you can crowdfund a lot of ideas, um, especially with platforms like Indiegogo. And um, there's another one. I can't, it's actually more popular than Indiegogo. But, uh, you know, you got an idea, you throw it out there on the website, and people will fund it. People will fund it. Um, you know, in exchange for something, of course, but that's a real solid way before you go digging your digging your hole full of debt, getting loans, <clears throat> getting loans that you're going to be on the hook for for a long time. Um, you know, the internet, the market's going to tell you right from the get go if you've got a if you got something to go. So we um, we launched pre-orders. Pre-orders covered the first first couple shirts. And then we just straight straight from there reinvested the profits, reinvested the profits, kept growing the egg, growing the egg, growing the egg, um, until we were able to uh, to you know pay ourselves some distributions from there, and then keep it rolling. So what's um the way the apparel game works is you know you get a lot of shirts for a for a the more shirts you make the cheaper that it is the cost of the business, okay? And then you mark those up um, retail-wise to the consumer. But what we <laughs> what we learned is it's a never-ending game um, of 
because when you sell out of shirts, you know, all those profits that you made from the shirts, guess where they got to go? Back to the reorder. More shirts. Yeah, more shirts. And, you know, and, the, and the, the tricky thing is, you know, it's ordering not only the right amount as a whole, but distributing to sizes. Because, you know, how, much, how many smalls should I be ordering as opposed to extra large, you know? Um, and it's so frustrating. Or two extra large. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so frustrating because I think it too, like every shirt, that depending on what the, the shirt's about, you're going to have, you're gonna, it's going to target a different population. So, you know, what, where to go um, and which sizes to order um, so you can, you know, you can always have it on stock. Um, so I get so frustrated when somebody comes in. I don't. I want a two X. Oh man, I'm so sorry. It's just like, oh come on. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a tricky uh, part of the business too. And I don't think it'll like you said. It all just depends on the shirt and yeah, the design. You, you don't, and yeah, you don't. We'll know. never. You'll never have. It'll always be a guessing game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it does. It stinks. Like you know, I'm looking right now of our shirts and. Um, the way I see every shirt is a $25 bill hanging from a rack. Um, and when somebody comes in and wants a shirt that we don't have in stock, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh come on. That stinks. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It does. It does. Um, so you're always, it's, and this is, honestly, we're still learning this. Like, we're uh, always managing inventory because um, we don't want too many shirts, but more, you know, Equally important, we want the shirts people want, the sizes <laughs> yeah. they want, um, because you're losing money money that way. And that's why the pre-order is so helpful, right. not just so you have cash up front to pay for the shirt, but so that you have an idea of, like, what size what, what, size yeah, yeah, what, what type yeah. of people and who. And I wish there was, like, an algorithm that said, <laughs> you know, based upon pre-orders, times it by pi to get, <laughs> you know, uh, an adequate number, but... They're we're we're still learning that, and you know that's the thing is, it's a beast because you know if you make let's just say, uh, on a shirt run you made ten thousand dollars, okay, well, automatically, at least half of that ten thousand dollars has to go into a, another run, mm-hmm. um, because you're not in business, you're out of product to sell, so that leaves you with five thousand dollars, and then. Uh, if you want to pay yourself, in this case, we you know we got to pay four partners. What's that going to be? And then hopefully, the remaining will cover the operating cost. Yeah. Um, so, it's from a financial numbers standpoint, um, we, we've been very fortunate. But like, it's, we still <laughs> still got a long uh, we, still have, yeah. we still got a long long way to go for sure. So, what are some of the things that, um, like, with, with yourself, you know, like, starting a new business, it's not all pie and ice cream, you know, there are some ups and downs, and, like, I brought up a growing pain that we, you know, that we've just had to learn from, but personally, like, what have you learned in your role with Third and Court? I like to, I, ha- I have to like technology, <laughs> because... <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, we don't sell anything because content is key. So, uh, you know, yeah, I thought that was a good point that you brought up. Content is key. Yeah, I know. Out of all, out of all, the four of us, I am the least. Yeah, I am anti-technology. I just, I just, 
I know I love it when it works, and I think you know the magic that that happens because of technology is it, it is amazing. And I do appreciate people like you guys who can, you know, just kick ass on at it. But um, I, yeah, technology has been my my lesson out of this company and how important it is and how I have to embrace it to, you know, to make this grow. So. Well, even from a communication standpoint, you know, we utilize technology. We have four different people going four different directions, and the only way for us to communicate on a routine basis is through technology. Yeah. Um, so we don't. You don't have to be, um, you know, in an office together eight hours a day to make things happen. Uh, technology will give you the access if you utilize the applications and tools necessary. You can you can make that happen. Um, and if it wasn't for us having existing storefront space here, um, we could still launch this company with that. It would just be completely online. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we've taken advantage of existing resources effectively. But if we didn't have this store here, it wouldn't stop us. Mm-hmm. Like we, right. we could run an online T-shirt company out of our garage, out of one of our garages. Yeah. Um, but. Through technology, we've been able to to effectively communicate. And, and yeah, because Connor's forward. not even on site. You know, he works on or at Print My Thread, so like we would not see you or be able to you know communicate with you other than if we didn't have that platform to do so. Yeah, for sure. Um, as far as like I'm concerned with um, like running the business or like all of us being in business together or just business in general for me it's it's like uh how do you keep the the excitement going you know what i mean or Mm -hmm. just keep people excited about it that like um the people aspect of it and like what they think of it weighs heavily on me you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so what i try to focus on more is like what what we think about it you know what i mean like if if I could tell that, like, Sadie, Mo, and Tail are, like, enjoying it uh, and they think it, like, accurately represents what we want to be, uh, that's, I guess, clearly, like, in your life specifically, that's more important. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, on the, the flip of the coin is that, like, I mean, basically, like, uh, our audience started the business for us. You know what I mean? We got all the, <laughs> we got all the revenue from them, from pre-orders, et cetera, just like we were talking about. Uh, so it is really like, um, you know, like how, how you please people versus like saying true to the vision. And when those two things like meet together, mm-hmm. that is the best, yeah. like that's mm-hmm. the best feeling. Um, I think our excitement too plays a lot on the community's excitement. Yeah, for sure. Because if you can, you can so tell that we love our shirts, Yeah, you know, like, we're always wearing them, first of all. I always see them in the people in the gym wearing them. We love taking pictures and the content, like, getting out to events. Like, when people see that you have something that you're excited about, it helps them to get excited about it. Yeah, sure. So I think that that's another thing. Like, we genuinely are are doing this because we love it, you know? Yeah. Like, not because, like I said, we think we're going to be millionaires by yeah, any means. Yeah. No. You know, but I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, but but I just think that that's so important, and it's it's engaged our community in a positive way, 
you know, and like Mo said, like bringing back the stories. Yeah, it, 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 you know, Portsmouth, you know, I'm not from Portsmouth, clearly. Neither, neither am I. Um, but, you know, I've been here for 15 years now, and it grows on you, you know. And, like, and obviously talking through with my American family, just other people, just there's so many stories yeah. uh, and how of how cool Portsmouth used to be and the, all the things that they used to do as kids and, and why. Why does it have to be in the past, you know? Why can't we somehow, you know, bring this back and make – uh, Portsmouth grow and be a better place and all just about drugs and the struggles that, that you know so um, but yeah, I don't know I just think that we can I think we're doing a good job and I think we need to, to keep it going mm-hmm. Well, so, it, it's in our mission statement small town pride yeah. yeah exactly we're not going to sell anything we're not proud of ourselves and we're playing on the fact that people love this town mm-hmm. and we want to give them a visual representation of the heart and the soul and the pride they feel for where they grew up. Whether they still live here today or they moved on somewhere, like that shirt is a visual representation of being proud of where they're from. Yes. And, and for far too long, there's been a lot of bad news and people have like, yeah. ooh, where are you from? Oh, you wouldn't know. Like, I'm not even going to tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, like, they're rocking a, a blue Portsmouth t-shirt yeah. um, because they're proud. And, like, uh, yeah. there's a lot of people in this area giving people reasons to be proud of. Um, and if we're just, you know, we're just happy to play a very small part in providing that visual pride. For sure, man. That, that wearable pride. Because what's even more exciting is when we see, you know, other people on, on the pa- the podcast that you even had on, like, people like Tim that, that are innovating in Portsmouth. You know what I mean? Uh, and that, I guess, uh, had, like, have fell on hard times before just like Portsmouth uh, has or that we have this background of, of like, struggle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so growing out of that and being a part of that is, is really cool. All right. So coming up, speaking of being proud, um, we try to get out to different events. Um, most recently, we were at the craft or the River Valley Craft Beer Fest. Ja, ja. This is where the German accent is going to come into play. Be prepared. <laughs> ja, stand by, ja. <laughs> and so this weekend, we will third and court will be up at Patties and Pines. And you know, I just think that up the street, for, yeah. For our listeners, it second o'clock, <laughs> it'll be much more entertaining if I have Dale tell you about our event, and then I, maybe Mo will translate for Dale. My pleasure. Would love to do that <laughs> after he does. You know, his I just skit. feel sorry because he really, really wants to have an accent in his <laughs> life. I mean, he tries really hard, and I was just born with one, so. Just saying. Yeah. But you can ja, try. Ja, ja. ja, go ahead with your jaw. <laughs> What's going on Saturday? Good for tag friends. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, wait. Actually, before. before. Yeah. Uh, hello. Oh, it's Hans. Ja, good tag. Hi, Hans. Ja, ja. Uh, what are you doing this weekend, Good to Hans? be here. Oh. Ja. <laughs> I'm so excited, Ja. Why? What's going on? This Saturday. Und Steinhoding <laughs> okay, so, Contest. Well, yeah. So what he's saying is that October 14th, um, Third and Court will be at Patterson and Pines. Ja, ja, ja. Yeah. Uh, not since 1804. Uh-huh. Ja, great-great-grandfather Franz. Uh-huh. He sells down the river. 
But wait a minute, are it you? It sells down to refer to sell the hops. Oh, okay. To sell the hops. Hops. First, first ever beer from Bavaria. I see. Ja, ja, ja. Okay. Okay. This Saturday, uh-huh, Stein holding contest. We're gonna hold a have a contest. Ja, ja, ja. A contest. Stein holding contest sponsored by the Starting Court. Okay. And so, the Elevator Brew Company. Elevator. Okay. Are you from German or Russian? Ja, I'm, ja, ja, I'm ja, getting ja, confused ja, here. Ja. No worries. <laughs> no worries. No worries. There you go. Ja, ja, ja. No worries. Ja. Anyways. Oh. In other words, Saturday. This Saturday. The noon. At noon. At the noon. Uh-huh. Steinholding contest. Steinholding contest. Ja. Okay, so what's what what we're gonna do is you and your team essentially are gonna hold uh, a glass full of no, beer. No, 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 no. Stein. Stein. I'm Stein. sorry, Stein. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. Contest. Um, so you just hold it and you can't hold anymore. Uh, I'm sure ja. details ja. details will be posted later. Not for the week. Not for the week. Okay. For the strong. For the strong. Not for <laughs> Not the for week, the but for the strong. Yes. The str- the, may the strongest win. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thanks for t- dropping in. So, uh, anyways, yes. This Saturday, October 14th, we will be at Patties and Pints selling our shirts and having a pretty kick-ass time. You can... At the or at the Oktoberfest, um, Elevator Brewing will be sponsoring our Steinhold. We, as Third and Court, will be running the event. So, and you can head up to Patties and Pints and get tickets if you purchase them before Saturday. Yeah, twenty bucks, twenty bucks pre-register or twenty-five day of. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah. You can drink the Stein if you want. If not, you can just hold it. And honestly, it's just a very fun thing yeah. to be a hold of is the main reason we're doing it. <laughs> uh, our pop-up shop will be there along with Elevator Brewing Company, um, which is another cool thing that before we close out is when you open up a venture, you never really know where it's going to go. Um, and luckily, along with selling T-shirts, we've been approached by... Uh, other local businesses to ha- to do some design work for them. Uh, we did some we did some koozies and some shirts for Glockners, um, and then we met the guys from Elevator Brewing Company, uh, which is actually a pretty big brewer uh, brewer up in Columbus, and um, they asked us to to do some design work for them. Um, so you never know. You yeah. you, you really never know. You got to be. You know, you can't be scared to take things on and be able to pivot to whatever the market's um, market's taking. So, and more importantly, like, it's very fun to have a business that's fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's work involved, but, like, Saturday we get to do a Steinholding contest. Oh, what is oh, that? He <laughs> uh, just popped in the door. <laughs> <laughs> we get to do a Steinholding contest. We get to drink beer with our friends. And uh, and hopefully make money at the same time. Yeah, which is very More very cool. And to keep fun. doing more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, like be a, be a part absolutely. of cool events. Um, get the community out. They have fun. It's just it's just a cool experience. And the only people that are going to provide this stuff are business owners. Yeah. yeah. 
and secretly the whole time we've been digging a huge hole behind big lots to like reinstall Dreamland. <laughs> this is on, on the low, low. You, you Keep it a secret. <laughs> That's where Hans went, man. He's back. He's here. back. Get back there, Hans. All right. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so. It was fun. Taking time out of our tip, our usual meeting. Danke. <laughs> The the German Tim. Yes, there's four of me friends. The Tim Glockner. Glockner. Hans Glockner. Hans Glockner. Oh, okay, cool. As always, uh, we do have some promotions for Third and Court. If you're listening to the podcast, head over to our website. We just we just did an update on our website. Check out some of our small. Uh, I'm sorry, our fall flavors. And use the code PODCAST when you check out, and you'll get 10% off your order. Um, also, if you're heading, if you're having some car trouble, uh, head over to Glockner's, and you will get um, some special deals over there as well if you uh, mention the podcast. Yep. So uh, And $250 off the price of a vehicle. Yeah, on the lot. Just by mentioning Tim Shops at Longaburger. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thanks again, and thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Spotlight to shine on me. What I got, I didn't get for free. I broke my back and skinned my.